about grace over the next couple weeks uh, because I think grace is a good thing. Grace is a good thing. How many of you like grace? Not just saying grace. I know you say, say grace, you know, then we pray over our meal or something like that. But how many of you like receiving grace? When you should get something else and you got something totally unexpected that was good, you got grace, that was a good day, right? That was a good day. How many of you have ever, um, let's just say this, say this uh, anybody, have you ever uh, gotten pulled over for speeding? Come on now, who's, who's, who's with me? I've gotten pulled over, I'm your pastor, and I'm just going to be honest, I've gotten pulled over for speeding. How, how many of you guys are out there? Raise your hand, I want to see them. We're taking notes this morning, who the speeders are, all right? Uh, and so you've gotten, you, you've gotten pulled over for speeding. How many of you, you got off because they, they said, you know what, just slow it down? Anybody? Is that you? <laughs> a lot fewer hands. Some of y'all are a lot faster than me, all right? They said, we cannot let you off. Uh, one person in my household uh, is a little bit faster than me. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, I'm talking about my wife. Uh, she's a little faster than me. And I remember right after we moved here, um, she <laughs> ended up getting a ticket. I think we were going to, to the Spoken Pig. I was already at the pig ready to get some lunch, and she was meeting me there. So she must have been really hungry trying to get there to the Spoken Pig to, to get something to eat. And um, when she got there, she said, I got pulled over, you know, <laughs> and he gave me a ticket. And what was really awkward was the guy actually that gave her the ticket then decided he wanted to go eat at the Smoking Pig and sat right across from us at the next table. So it was a really, really awkward lunch, you know. <laughs> she was fuming, you know, he didn't care about anything about us. He's just doing his job, right? Um, and, and I remember that, and I kind of I kind of pick at her about that, uh, and, uh, and so we had to we we went to go pay that ticket, and uh, I remember that day uh, I had taken the keys away from her, but don't let her drive anymore because she's she's a super speeder. No, I'm kidding. I was, uh, we, we were in the car going somewhere, and I said we'll we'll go by and we'll pay this ticket, and uh, so she went inside to pay the ticket, and um, came back out, and she was just kind of looking at me. She was like. Uh, they didn't make me pay the ticket. I was like, what What happened? I was like, really? They didn't make you pay that ticket? And she's like, yeah. She's like, I got in there, and I gave them the ticket, told them I was here to pay the ticket, and the lady looked at my name, and uh, she says, your last name's Ogden? And she said, yeah. And she said, okay, wait just a second. And she walked away and uh, came back, and she said, don't worry about this ticket. Your ticket's been taken care of. And Raina was just like, what's going on and come to find out the lady had known my dad my dad had been uh one of her pastors an interim pastor at her at the church that she attended and she said i love i love your father-in-law and she said uh we want to take care of this for you and so when you talk about some grace right how many how many of you you've gotten grace simply because you've been related to somebody that's good right not because you're good but but maybe because you've been related to somebody who's good right and, and you know what? That's, that's a lot of times what it's like knowing Jesus. It's not because I'm good. It's because he's good. It, it's not because I, I've done a lot of good things. It's because he's done good things. It's not because I'm great. It's because he's great. And, and so that's why I love the stories of grace. We all need grace. We want grace. We want to be people who get grace. Now, sometimes we don't always uh, give grace away very freely, do we? Uh, but we like to get grace. And so today I want us to look at a story of grace, and um, we're going to find this in, in Mark chapter 5. Uh, grace is, this is when we, when we get something maybe we don't deserve, uh, we call that grace. And um, 
we say that grace is free. Uh, I'm not sure that I believe that. Um, I, I believe that grace is given freely, but it usually costs somebody something, right? Right? Do you, do you believe that? That when somebody gives you something, it, it might have come to you freely, but it costs them something. So for Jesus to give us salvation, it came to us freely. It, it comes to us freely. We don't have to work for it. We can't work for it. If we work for it, it's not grace. Right? It's something else. It's something earned. It's a wage. Right? You, you earn wages. Actually, it's interesting uh, that, that grace is something that is freely given to us. But the Bible talks about sin as something. The wages of sin is what? Death. Right? So you really have to work hard to want to die because God wants to give you life. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about that? You have to work to get death. You have to work to get hell. God wants to give you something good. He wants to give you something free. And you know what? It's free to us, but to him it cost him something. It cost him his son's life. It cost him Jesus' life. Jesus gave up his life for us so that he could give us grace freely. And so when we say that grace is free, I understand what we mean, but it, grace costs somebody something. Uh, somewhere down the line, uh, even that ticket that, that Raina, Raina was able to get out of, you know what, it, it, my, my dad was able to pay with his influence and, and the work that he paid at that church. Somebody had to put some work in somewhere, right, for, for it to come about. And so for us today, what does, that, what does that look like? I want us to go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, and we're going to start in verse 1. Mark chapter 5, verse 1. It says, and they came to the other side of the sea, the sea of what? The sea of Galilee. They came to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there, uh, there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Now, you've got to understand here that what's happening, they've crossed from the, um, the, the Jewish side of the lake to the basically the Greek side of the lake, the side that is Hellenized, the side that doesn't live by Jewish laws. They don't uh, abide by, uh, you know, monotheism. monotheism. Uh, they uh, are Greek. They are Romans. They, they're, they're a Roman province, and so they're thoroughly Roman. They're uh, part of this ten-city uh, uh, ten state called the Decapolis, and so uh this side of the lake is, is they're not Jewish by any, any stretch of the imagination, right? And so they don't, they don't live like Jews do. And so this man is coming out of the tombs, right? He's been living in the graveyard. He's been living in the place of the dead. And that's a, that's a bad deal to begin with because I don't necessarily like hanging out with folks that like to hang out in graveyards, right? Anybody? That's not, that's, not, that's not my friends that I'm looking to hang out with. And so he comes out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. And he lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with chains. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but had wrenched them, the chains apart, and broke the shackles to pieces. And no one had the strength to subdue him. Day and night among the tombs on the mountains, he was always crying out and bruising himself with stones. And when Jesus, and when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, 
for we are many. And that's a little creepy, okay? <laughs> all right? So if you meet anybody who says that, that's a little creepy. I'm just going to give you, that's a red flag, all right? Uh, don't look to date them. Um, but this, this term legion, this term legion is, is a military term. Uh, it means uh, it is a military uh, cohort of about 6,000. And so uh, that's a lot. Uh, that's, that's saying, hey, there is a, a contest of uh, demonic activity versus God. This is a clash of kingdoms. This is a clash of evil and good. This is a clash of God and, uh, versus Satan. And so he says, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. For now a herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and, and they begged him, saying, send us into the pigs. Let us enter them. And so he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and were drowned into the sea. This is your first account of deviled ham, okay? Okay, gosh. I'm sorry, guys. That was too easy, all right? Just stay with me. It gets better, I hope, all right? I hope, I hope. Verse 14. And the herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country, and the people came to see what it was ha- that had happened. And they came to see Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man who had, uh, who had the legion sitting there, clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had, had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. Now, I want you to get this story. This guy has been demon-possessed. This guy has been in this way a long time. He has had a lot of demons just ravaging him, and he's not in his right mind. He is doing crazy stuff, living in the graveyard, uh, hurting himself. Uh, He's been bound with change. What's interesting is he's got so much strength uh, that he can break the chains physically, but he can't break his spiritual chains, right? And I find that ironic that, that he's got the strength to break chains physically, but he has no power to break any spiritual chains. And so this Roman province is a place where they had many gods. They, they lived a very different lifestyle. Right, they they invited a lot of different things uh, into, and that's probably why the demon said, "Jesus, don't send us out of this country because this is a great place to live. We have a we have a lot of of, of freedom here in this place, so don't don't send us out of this country, but send us into those pigs, right?" And 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 honestly, that was the that was the demon's idea. That wasn't Jesus' idea. Jesus just said, "Okay, if you want to go live in a pig, go live in a pig. It's better for you to live in a pig than a person, right?" I think that's that's probably the, the estimation. I would rather you go live in a pig than pick another person to go live in. So go ahead. If you want to go live in a pig, I'm going to allow that. Go live in that pig. And those pigs went went wild and they ran down the hill and and drowned themselves in the sea. And the people are upset, right? Because this has now cost them something. Who got something for free? The man, the demon-possessed man. It cost somebody else something, though, right? It cost somebody else something. And, and so that's what I'm saying. Sometimes grace is costly. Sometimes grace will do this. Sometimes grace will wreck us before it rescues us. 
Sometimes grace will wreck us before it rescues us. Sometimes when God is dealing with us, it, it, it might hurt. Sometimes when God is dealing with us, there may be things we have to part with. Sometimes when God is dealing with us, there are things that we may have to come to terms with and say, I can't live like this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I've got to let this go. This is not the life that God wants for me. This is not the things that God wants for me. These, these are not the, uh, when we talk about substance abuse, those are things that we look at and we say, this is not what God wants for me in my body. And so there are things that have to be pushed off. There are things that have to be let go of. And sometimes for us to receive grace, it has to wreck us first before it rescues us. And we see this man. We see this man that Jesus releases. He tells the demons to flee. He tells the demons to go away. And this man lives in this place called Gerasene. And it's interesting. The word Gerasene basically means uh, it means a walled-in area. A walled-in area. Now, walls... Walls are good. I'm not against walls because walls keep things out like sand mats and, you know, snakes and bugs and all the other things, right? Those are good things, right? We like walls. We don't, we don't, we don't mind walls. Uh, walls do a couple things. They keep things out. They also keep things in. They keep us locked in a lot of times. And it's interesting that this is where the demons wanted to live. They want to live in this place where they can keep everybody locked in. They can keep everybody locked down with their vices and their toxicity and and all that goes with that and so for us there are things that satan wants to lock us in with there are things that satan wants to lock us down with and keep us from finding true freedom in christ see jesus he looks at this man he has compassion on him and, and you find this throughout the new testament when jesus sees something there's a lot of times that that jesus will just reach out in compassion what nobody else could do, Jesus steps in and he begins to deal with. And that's why I say this. I say this was, a, this was a clash of kingdoms. And you'll see this in the New Testament too. There are plenty of places where Jesus steps against the forces of darkness. Where Jesus steps against the forces of Satan and he says, you are a rogue kingdom. You are a rebel kingdom. And you have no place here anymore. And Jesus begins to break into the darkness. And he breaks into the darkness in this man's life. This walled place that this man had been living in, these people had been living in. See, the people didn't really care about the man, and we see that right away, don't we? They didn't care about him because they just basically, they said, well, you know, let him go live in the graveyard. We'll chain him up, let, let him live over there. What did they do? They tolerated him. They tolerated him, and they made an excuse for him. And they just said, he's just crazy, crazy old, old John that lives, if your name's John, I'm sorry, I didn't, I'm just, you know, just pulling that, it could be crazy old Ryan that lives down in the graveyard, right? And they just, just let him stay there, just let him be there. See, God's not happy with just making an excuse for your plight. God just doesn't want to ignore what you're going through, and that's what these people did, they, they basically didn't care about him. See, I love what Doug Wilson, he's, he's a theologian, this is what he said about grace. He said, grace is wild. Grace unsettles everything. Grace overflows the banks. Grace messes up your hair. Grace is not tame. In fact, unless we are making the devout nervous, we are not preaching grace as we ought, right? Think about that. Grace, sometimes we, we think about grace as being nice and polite, you know. But this kind of grace that Jesus brings is the kind that disrupts things. 
It's very disruptive. It definitely disrupted uh, their their lifestyle. And 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 what we find is this is is there's three things I think that that we can look at. See, what Jesus is saying is this is is grace doesn't excuse me; it challenges me. Grace doesn't tolerate me; it changes me. Grace doesn't ignore me; it accepts me. And this is what Jesus brings. He he brings a challenge, he brings a change, and he brings acceptance. Because God wants to give you something free. Jesus stepped into this world to do something for us, to give us something of of so that's just so much greater than what we've ever had. That's why we, we're calling this series Grace is Greater. Because grace is greater than what we can ever imagine. Grace is bigger, grace is is, is more exquisite. Grace is amazing, right? That's what we sing. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Have you ever heard the story of John Newton, the guy who wrote that song? He was really, he really was a wretched guy. He was, he was a guy who became a, uh, he, he became a, a sailor, uh, worked on a bunch of uh, sailing vessels for the British uh, military, for the British Navy, and he was not a good guy. He had captains who said he would cuss so bad it would make them blush, right? That he, was, he, would, he would drink, he would, he would carouse with women. He went to go do the most obscene things that he could do. He was also a slave trader. He also worked as a slave trader that he would work on slaving ships to go enslave people in different parts of the world. And this is the man who wrote the song Amazing Grace because at some point in his life he came to terms with this this person of Jesus, where he saw that I am a wretched man. And he lived his life to such great depths of, of, of sin. He said, there's no place for me to go. But he found Jesus, and Jesus began to change his life. To which later, and very late in his life, after he became a minister, he became an abolitionist. And he wrote this song, Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm, fine. I'm, I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And couldn't that be our story? He said, well, I'm not that bad. Yeah, we're pretty bad in our own way, right? We all have our own stuff. You know what? Whether, whether I see it or not, God sees it. You know what? And God is wanting to deal with it. He's not scared of your sin. He's not scared of your past. He's not scared of the things that hold us bound. He's not scared of the things that keep us chained. He's not scared of the places that keep us walled in. Jesus steps into those places. Actually, when I think about grace, uh, I think about this idea of messy grace because that's what Jesus stepped into. He stepped into the mess to bring grace. He steps into our messy lives to begin to order it and call us to life, call us to, to what true humanity should look like. That's what he wants us to reflect. He wants us to reflect his love and his mercy and his grace. And he doesn't make an excuse for us, but he challenges us. And he doesn't, he doesn't tolerate us. He said, well, you know what, we're just going to let you have that, that amount of sin right there. We're just going to deal with that, you know, later. He says, no, no, we're going to change that. I'm not going to tolerate it. I'm not going to excuse it. I'm not going to ignore it. I have a plan for you, and it's so much better than what we live. I love the end of the story. 
the end of the story in Mark chapter uh, 5, verse 18. And we'll finish this out. And it says, as he was getting into the boat, this is after the people wanted him to leave. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might go with him, right? Hey, can I go with you? I don't want to live with these, these folks anymore. They don't care anything about me. They haven't had any, any kind of uh, help for me, right? Can I go with you, Jesus? And I love what Jesus tells them. This is, this is what Jesus said. And they did not, he did not permit him, but said, go home. Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis, remember this 10-city state, the Decapolis, how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. This is what you need to know about grace. Saving grace should always become sharing grace. Saving grace should always, always become sharing grace. And I love how we're going to close this out today because we're going to close out with baptism. And somebody's going to get a chance to share their story of how they came to know Jesus. And so I'm going to ask the band, I'm going to ask somebody to come play. This morning as we get ready to uh, just celebrate life change and celebrate what Jesus is doing in people's lives today, we have to know that grace is offered to us freely. And I want you to stand with me. And I want you to just think right now, and I want you to just bow your head for a second. Where do you need grace? Do you ask yourself, God, how much, how much do you have? He's got more than you'll ever need. God, how, how far, how far have I gone? Look how far I've gone. There's, there's not enough. He's willing to go after you. He's willing to confront the things in your life that other people have just been willing to tolerate and excuse. And He wants to bring life change to you and give you acceptance into His family, into His kingdom, the new kingdom. There's going to be a kingdom confrontation. He will confront the little kingdoms in our life. Those little kingdoms where we've set up little gods those things that have ruled our heart, those things that have ruled our passions, ruled our behavior, ruled our mind. He will confront those things. But He offers you so much more. So with heads bowed here this morning, who would, who would just slip your hand up and just say, I just, I just want to know that kind of grace. I need to know that kind of grace this morning. Anybody else? You just slip your hand up and just say, I just need to know that kind of grace this morning. I want to know Jesus in that way. I want to know that kind of grace that Jesus brings, that God offers me that kind of grace that changes me, that accepts me, that gives me life. Anybody else? I just want to pray for you this morning before we, before we move on. So, Lord, we, we thank you for today. Lord, you meet us here. You meet us here with all power, with all joy. You rejoice at this meeting. You're not afraid of us. You're not ashamed of us. You're not trying to ignore us and push us in the corner. Right now, you come with open arms to receive.